Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 554 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up, we'll be talking about the top 50 gastro pubs, which includes two pubs in the Midlands at this time round. Also, we'll be finding out about We Love Little Mix. It's on Thursday night at the Stafford Gatehouse. If you love the music of Little Mix, just like the band do, then it's worthwhile getting yourself along to that one. I popped along to the crew and cast launch for Sustain, uh, that movie. You'll finally get a bit more about that when I chat with some of the team behind it. And also, we've got some great new music too. That's all on the way. But first of all, with Dial M for Murder, Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 14th to the 18th of July, it's going to be a thrilling time for all. Tom Chambers is on the poster. He is going to be here for a fantastic show. Hello, sir. Hello. How are we doing? I'm very well. Very, do you know, I'm genuinely excited. You know when people come on and they're talking about what they're doing and they say, oh, it's really good, you know, but genuinely, this is the first time since 1998 that I've enjoyed a play content so much. And I did Serrano de Bergerac in 98. Mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. It's, I mean, it is genuinely, it's genuinely brilliant. It really is. The writing is timeless. It's mm-hmm. like it was written last week. We've set it in the 60s rather than the 50s, so we've got the 60s music and the costumes are slightly different, and the set slightly different. And the dialogue is quite, I mean, it really is thrilling, but it, it's kind of like a domestic sort of situation you could have at home. And it's just so well written. And it's, it's, like, um, it's like a game of university challenge, because <laughs> um, uh, the, the dialogue is so quick, it's very witty, it's like fencing with words, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Now, what sort of home life you have if you're actually looking at for the perfect crime during uh, your time when you're not on the road? I'm a little bit concerned there. But, I mean, this uh, was, it was made famous by the Alfred Hitchcock film of the 50s. So, as you say, we are in the 60s for this production. Your character, I mean, he's charismatic, manipulative. As Tony Wendis, a jaded ex-tennis pro, you must be able to have some good fun with all of his both you know, positive points and his imperfections. Yeah, I mean, it's tragic, really. It's the classic scenario of uh, he was. I don't like to bring people of modern day in because you know it's hard. But it's it's basically. I wanted to say Tim Henman when you nearly got there, you nearly did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's had a brilliant career, but he just never quite made it, you know. And it's that thing where he got married and he wanted to keep playing tennis. And while he was while he was away, his wife lonely fell in love with someone else, thought it was a mistake, the husband finds out, and it's for Jekyll and Hyde, something drops in his brain, and he can't get off that track. I mean, it's, it's awful. It's, it's mental health, really, which is obviously huge nowadays. And it, the, the, the lovely thing is, I'm not trying to play it hooded claw at all. It's I'm trying to do it as a genuine, normal person, and it's just a seed of doubt, and it's gone black, and it's awful. And he's planning a plot to kill his wife without her knowing. And so, and the audience know from the beginning. So it's not a who's done it, it's a how done it. And will he get away with it? How's it going to happen? And what's going to happen? And how how's it going to pan out? I mean, it is, it's 
I had to read it twice because I still didn't get it after reading it. <laughs> but when you've got it being presented to you on stage and it's something that uh, you guys have rehearsed and you know how to tell that tale, it, it, but you've got to tell it each night in such a way as people aren't going to guess the how on anything or as they make their way through. So it must be challenging. And Is this one of the reasons you're enjoying it so much? Yes, I mean... Uh, I think for me, it, it feels a little bit like the milk tray man. It's a bit like playing <laughs> Roger Moore on stage without it being old and funny to me. That you're doing modern. It's got all these lovely little kind of, it's really stylish. It's cool. Um, it's, like I say, it's vibrant. And it's, um, it is all down to the writing. It, it's like things, when you watch Killing Eve or In the Line of Duty, the writing is what grips you. And that's what drew me to it. I read it and I just thought, this is just like Killing Eve or Line of Duty. And the fact that it's, I mean, it's scamming behavior, coercing someone. And I was scammed, nearly scammed a few years ago. Very nice man on the phone. He sounds like your best friend. You can't believe he's a bad one. And yet he made me log into my computer and I saw the mouse move at a centimeter. And I thought that wasn't me. Somehow he's managed to get me to somehow let him have control of my computer. I was so scared and I thought, I'm not 95 years old. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was switched on. And it really scared me, the fact that I could be genuinely not like that. And, and that's, why I think, that's why I think this is almost that, that sort of material where it's like, just watch it and see how people can behave. Mm -hmm. People can be caught out. There's you know, tangled webs within many a world. And when somebody is trying to wreak revenge on somebody who they've previously been close to, they know so much about them. There are lots of ways in which they can get and dig. And that helps to build the whole story, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It does. And it, and it just flows from start to finish. We didn't even talk about humour when we were rehearsing it. It's lovely how much the audience, whether it's frightened laughter or not, I'm not sure, but it's kind of, it's funny as well. It throws you. And it's amazing hearing the audience laugh about certain situations, certain bits of dialogue, and you thought, I wasn't expecting that. But with a hidden motive, I suppose it's essential that everyday humour and normal life would continue. So as your colleagues yeah. on stage are there, you're portraying a, a world which is very two-faced. Yes, and when the police are investigating and the audience know, the audience are in on it. That's the beauty of it. Mm. They, they, the audience know they're one step ahead. So you have to be even faster on your approach because you know the audience already know and therefore it's just about the timing and the wit and the words how clever it is I mean it, yeah it's dreamy dreamboat material so on to your fellow actors with Christopher Harper Michael Salame you've got an amazing team there that must make it a, an even more interesting interaction it really is it's all about the people you're playing with it's like having a good tennis match it's about your opponents it's very it's sports on stage really and we've also got obviously got the lovely Sally Breton from not going out and she is unbelievably amazing I can't believe she's acting no wonder she's got that brilliant TV job, um, because yeah, it's oh, just incredible. Um, um, but yeah, all the actors on set, they are fantastic. They really are. And that's what, it's all that, it's 90% casting when these jobs come up. If the director's done a good job if he's got the casting right. And when it comes to you and casting, you got the job in Holby from a dance video. You then got Strictly from doing the acting work. So, I mean, what did you do for your audition for this one? How did it work out? Was it a full musical number? <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to fly an aeroplane to get this one. 
yes, it's very unusual, all that sort of thing. You know, life is a mystery when it happens like that. But, uh, yeah, Holby came out of nowhere from a tap dance. And then, and then of course, yes, Strictly happened because of playing a doctor. Uh, on, on, and, you know, I'm very lucky from that point of view. And this, though, um, I was very fortunate that I'd, I'd done enough hours. You know, it's like a checklist. <laughs> is this, can this person pass the test? If you've done, because I did 500 performances of Top Hat and 350 of Crazy For You and, and, and then another play, they just want to know, like, are they going to let us down? And uh, did, did he tick the boxes okay? So luckily on this one, it was actually an offer, which is very rare. But I jumped at it straight away because I knew it was a good director and I thought the script's brilliant. Uh, but you are well received by audiences having seen you in Crazy For You and I, I know the magic that you put on stage because you put a lot of effort into this, don't you? <laughs> well, I hate doing a half job. If you're gonna, My wife can't stand me sometimes because she <laughs> said, I can't give you a job because I know if I give you the job, you, you'll do nothing else until it's done. And it's not kind of, what do you call it? It's not a, not a perfectionist, but I just, um, yeah, I don't like to let an audience down. I want them to, I know how much it costs to go to the theatre. I want them to have the best experience they can. And, uh, and you've got to think about everything. And you've got to try and be 100% match fit. And I don't know, you just have to do your best. My dad's a chartered accountant. He's very black and white. Is either do it well or don't do it at all. <laughs> now, with this one as well being a thriller, genre-defining, it's it's one of those shows that really stands out on its own for, as you've already mentioned, the writing, uh, for the history behind it with the, the Hitchcock production on Celluloid. So, you know, there's there's all sorts there, but is this a genre that you enjoy reading, seeing and watching? I'm not sure what it is, but I do enjoy the, uh, I guess it's a style. It's a certain style that I, I feel is... I, don't, I didn't consider myself a very hard-hitting, you know, Shakespearean actor. Um, I'm, I'm more of a... There's kind of doctors in my family, and I, so I guess I'm thinking I can't do the real medicine, so I'll do entertainment medicine instead. Do you know what it was? It was Tom and Jerry. That's what did it. Uh, the music <laughs> in Tom and Jerry. I used to love Tom and Jerry. Yeah. I couldn't understand why did I enjoy Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire uh, musicals on film. Um, but of course, it's the music. And then I also, I just, I love Peter Sellers, Dudley Moore, the comedy. I'm, I'm sunny side up rather than, I'm not very cool, I'm not very trendy. So if it's more of a Cary Grant esque or a, I don't know, it's whatever you feel like you can do a good job of, really. But I, I don't really know. I think we're all just a bit different, aren't we? And I'm, I'm probably just. Not that cool. <laughs> I, so, I could never do really cool stuff. <laughs> I, but, um, but I think I think this is it's 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 a cool gig, and it's certainly uh, a look that you can carry off. Uh, having seen a few production shots and things, you know, the, it's uh, certainly an appearance that suits you. Oh, well, yes, yes, by cool. I mean, obviously, I think yes, obviously, when when you're wearing the right gear, it's like Father Brown. I mean, it, the taste, the style is absolutely amazing. It, that those you know wearing the hats and things and the, the suits and all that it, it is amazing and yes um i really mean i'm not very young and hip I'm not very kind of, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to do the in-betweeners very well type of thing but yes i love style and i love some of that the style and the and the and the gentlemanly behavior but then also the i don't know the wit and the uh, i can't quite put my finger on it um, I let everyone else do the guesswork. Yeah. Oh, they say the, the audience rules will be guessing and how this story is going to work out. But if you were going to commit the perfect crime, what do you think you would go for? Oh, oh dear. 
oh dear oh I, I hate the thought of even doing the perfect crime but I think <laughs> my perfect crime would probably be the opposite which I always think it'd be really nice if I won the lottery Hmm. I heard a story recently about someone who was leaving piles of money around uh, on people's doorsteps or something. I think I'd rather be philanthropic yeah. than perfect crime, to be honest. There's too much crime in the world, really. I think raise awareness about it so you know what to watch out for. But uh, no, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather do the it's a wonderful life type of thing. Yeah, go around, share, make everyone happy, but <laughs> keep that secret. So you'd want to be doing it, you know, be behind closed doors. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we're very much looking forward to having you on stage at the Grand. As I say, the dates are the 14th through to the 18th of July. It is Dial M for Murder, and it is going to be uh, an amazing spectacle, an intrigue, and an absolutely thrilling production, and I'm sure performance from the whole cast. Um, do you have a favourite moment that isn't a spoiler? Oh, favourite moment is, oh, is when he comes back home and, and sees what's happened. Oh, God, is it a spoiler or not? No, I, th- I think, should, should we leave that there? Just so that you, w- when people come to see it, they know that moment is the one that you're sort of sitting there with glee on the inside as you uh, perform on stage. 01902 yeah. is a box office number. Grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets. Break a leg, have a brilliant time with the tour. Tom Chambers, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, thank you. Time for some new music now here on The Milk Bar. This was released last week on Friday. Best We Can is the track Breakfast Club of the band and it features the vocals of Juliet Roberts. Open up your heart, let tomorrow in. Open up your mind, let your demons out. So take a step and find a new way. Take the best from yesterday, the lessons learned. The darkness and the dawn into brave hearts And we will be the best we can The best we can Give a helping hand And then we can We'll stand On top of the mountain We'll touch The top of the world
the darkness and the dawn into brave hearts and we will be the best we can the best we can give a helping hand and then we can open up your heart let tomorrow in open up your mind let your demons out open up your Juliet Roberts and the Breakfast Club, best we can here on the Milk Bar. This Thursday, the 6th of February, we love Little Mix on stage at the Stafford Gatehouse Theatre. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Jodie. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, good, thank you. And it is six o'clock start. You will be making music happen from that point onwards on the evening itself. And this is going to be a treat for all Little Mix fans, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it is a, a kids' show, so it is uh, directed towards the kids, but all the adults, mums, dads, grands, grandpas, they all love it too, just as much as the kids. So it's definitely a great show to come and watch. But it is fantastic music, and since the girls won uh, X Factor in 2011, they have been wowing audiences with the music, the moves, and the shows that they produce, and this is what yeah. you're replicating here. It is, and hopefully we do the job well. We've had some great feedback on our Instagram and Facebook page, um, and all comments are positive. Everyone loves the show. The songs are just so great. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really interactive show, so we're interacting with the audience and the kids and the adults from beginning to end, and it's a few surprises throughout the show but it's yeah it's a really, it's, we've got some really great feedback and it's it's definitely not one to miss well in real life you are Jodie but tell us who you are on stage so I play Perry on mm. stage um big big boots to fill mm-hmm. but hopefully I do it well <laughs> oh this is the thing I mean they are such talented girls which means you guys must be impressive to be able to perform these songs in, in very much the way they do well, that's it. Yeah, it's it's actually quite tough vocally. They all have amazing um, voices and they're great dancers. So we have to be just as good as them. So it's um, it's a lot of weight on our shoulders, mm-hmm. but we've just had great response. So we just keep doing what we're doing. And, um, and yeah, hopefully we get more people coming to watch us. We've had some great audiences so far. So hopefully Stafford will be nice and full for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, we'll just keep keep doing doing the girls proud. And what is it? Is it five albums or so to uh, material you've got to work with there? And obviously, yeah. yeah, potentially, who knows what could come next? Well, exactly. We have to keep refreshing the show, obviously, because they're making new music all the time. So um, it's not just the same show every time we do it. And we've been doing this for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. So we have to when they bring out a new song we'll tackle it and we'll, we'll bang it into the show. So it, it changes all the time and it's such a fun show. The choreography is amazing. Um, vocals are just great and the visuals on stage are just, I mean, that's like, it's amazing what the techies have done. So yeah. Yeah, because you've got video clips and things as well that run around what you're doing, even though all the singing is live. Yeah, all the singing is live. All the dancing is live. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a great show. It's a great, great show. 
you know we've had no bad feedback it's all been really really good mm. so um so i advise people to book the tickets today absolutely get it sorted you've only got till thursday six o'clock is when it all starts oh one seven eight five six one nine oh eight oh is the box office number stafford gatehouse theater.co.uk is the website i say you are we love little mix and and did you love them before you were in the band i'm, I'm gonna guess you're gonna say yes of course, of course. They're so talented girls and it's a privilege to sing their songs and pretend to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, you get to be them for the night and every exactly. night when you're on tour. Yeah, how did you guys get together? Was it sort of yeah, people you knew or, or was it uh, sort yeah. of headhunted for, for lookalikes and soundalikes? The girls I've worked with for about four or five years now. So we did, we've been doing Little Mix for quite a while. We do all other stuff as well, like we do Spice Girls as well, but Little Mix is our main, mm-hmm. main one. Um, so we, Julie, who books all the gigs, she, she spotted us and she was like, right, do you want this opportunity? And we just grabbed it because it was such a great opportunity. We couldn't turn it down. So hopefully we sound like them. Mm-hmm. So, and we look like them. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all working, but it's, it's a sort of venue as well. It's a nice sensible size. You're not having to sit in an arena and see people from the distance. You get to see some live yeah. up close performances. I think that inspires your audience as well in the world of music. Of yeah, it does. I mean, the theatres we do are quite intimate and we always meet um, the audience afterwards. We do a meet and greet, we get pictures, we sign posters and stuff. So it's really nice to um, to meet all, all the, the audience afterwards and we can have a little chat <laughs> chat with them. So it's it's nice. It's really nice. Well, it is pretty much the ultimate Little Mix party. We love Little Mix, as we say. Stafford Gatehouse, Thursday the 6th of February. It is a 6 o'clock start, 01785 61908. That box office number again. And once again, staffordgatehousetheatre.co.uk to get your tickets online. Jodie, thank you for joining us. Have a fantastic time and keep knocking out those tunes. And you, thank you so much. Will do, thank you. Cheers, Stafford Bye.
ahead of the screening of Sustain for cast and crew. I'm with Troy Denison, and uh, you are looking almost ready to see the finished product in front of a big audience. Almost ready, yeah. A little bit nervous. Oh, yeah, I was talking with Dave Hastings on the way up here, and he's a little bit nervous as well. Is it the reaction you're going to get from people, or is it just making sure the whole night goes smoothly? A bit of both. It's been a long time coming. Quite a few of the folks who are going to be here tonight have worked on the film, but this is the first time just about anybody is going to see it in its entirety. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react to it. Hopefully they'll love it as much as we do. Yeah. Well, four years of work yeah. and uh, yeah, a cast and crew which is enough to fill a, a movie theatre. 72. Uh, yeah. 72 people. And that in itself is quite an impressive project. But all of that has had lots of different stages and all those skills coming together. And, I mean, you've been proud of everything everybody's done so far and and you've seen it in all sorts of formats, so you must be quite happy with what you've got. Oh, yes. I mean, when it started, it was just a conversation between Dave and Brett and it's gone from that to something on paper to us shooting the teaser trailer way back in the day to developing the full screenplay, getting out there, doing the crowdfunding, doing the casting, actually going and shooting it, and then all the back-end post-production, which has been quite a long process in and of itself. It's taken, Mm. start to finish, crawling on three and a half years. So... A labour of love, but equally with the belief of the people from the crowdfunder behind you. And with everything that's gone on, have there been like standout moments for you, both good and bad? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, the good, just about anything where we ever had the cast and the crew together, because we had some tremendous performances captured by some very talented people and had an awful, awful, awful lot of fun as well. One of the things we've got before the screening is some behind the scenes and some little outtakes and background footage for people to view. Mm -hmm. And you'll see some of what I'm talking about there. Everybody who worked on it had a good time working on it. So those are the highs. The lows, some of the absolutely dismal weather we worked in, <laughs> where Wolverhampton, sleet, rain. But this Ugh. adds to the feel of the piece as well, and there are some dark moments, so that is going to really yeah, set the scene. It did, uh, especially there's a funeral scene in it. It's snowing. You can see the snow. We were out there shooting a funeral scene in the snow. But it was real snow. And it, real it, snow. It, seeing fake snow in films is never good, so you actually you know, managed to book the weather to, to show the scene off well. We got very, 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 very lucky, but it looks great. <laughs> and the overall running time, how did that work out? It's two hours, mm-hmm. just on. And that it's quite long for a film. Uh, we're not talking Lord of the Rings here for length, but even so, that is a lot of story to tell. It is. The shocking thing is how much we actually had to cut. Um, there are quite a few entire scenes and when the original first cut was done, you could see where things were slowing the story down, mm-hmm. where we were repeating information, going over things we'd already done. So we have chopped quite a substantial amount out of it to reduce the running time, but also to streamline the storytelling. And it's a shame in some regards because there's some great performances that we've actually had to take out. But when we put out the Blu-ray and DVD, they'll be on those discs so people won't miss out on them completely. Mm-hmm. They won't be lost. They will be there at some point. Yeah, they can watch it, but again, it, it's it's knowing what to leave out and what to take in, keep in, and, yeah. and that's a, a big part of the filmmaking, and you, you can't make a good feature without doing that. It's true, yeah. Um, it was really a case of 
pacing, streamlining the story, making sure, like I said, that we don't keep reiterating points that we've already done, like I just did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because this is radio. So uh, when it's uh, out there, then we see a cast and crew tonight. Blu-ray, you've already mentioned DVD. How are people able to get hold of this? That is a good question, and one for another day at this point, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're already in discussion as to how we are going to be promoting and distributing this in Mm -hmm. the various formats. Because a screen distribution deal would be interesting to start off with as well. It would be lovely. Um, Our initial review, uh, we've had one so far, was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So that's always nerve-wracking to have somebody review what you've done. And the fact that they absolutely loved it is just beyond our wildest dreams. You know, somebody likes what we did, it's great. <laughs> so hopefully the gang tonight will enjoy it. And then it's on to the next steps. It is a case of trying to get it out there. And that can be difficult. It's a long, slow process again. So, And, and one other important question is the popcorn tonight. Popcorn? Only if you bought your own. <laughs> OK, so we have to plan ahead for that sort of thing. Troy, great having a chat with you. Looking forward to seeing the film and uh, yeah, very much looking forward to hopefully seeing it in cinemas across the UK. No worries. Thank you. Dave Hastings is another massive part of the team behind uh, Sustain. And another one of the crew who is a little bit nervous ahead of the screening and he's with me now to tell me more about what's going on. Hello, sir. Hello. So uh, you've had probably a, a really good but really stressful time getting to this point, haven't you? Um. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, (laughs) It's the independent filmmaker's um, uh, life, pretty much, is having no kind of big studio behind you and trying to get everything to still be as best it can be. But, I mean, that allows you to tell a story, though, without interference, and I I think that's the story side of things that you enjoy most, and I know when you were working with Brett on this, it was was the story that was the fall. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I think it was was a conscious decision. When we finished Screaming Death, everybody was like, what are you going to do next? Is it a horror film? And I was like, no because as much as I love horror and I, you know for a fact I love horror and things mm-hmm. like that is, is I like to keep doing different things and if it, if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't and thankfully so far we've, we've, this is working um, and it was just something I, I like human drama and stuff I grew up on dramas as a kid as well and I just thought this was quite an interesting story to develop and expand upon and in this present climate as well uh, politically it was just um, something that could I think could tap into an audience and, it, and make people think as well. And yeah, okay, the people you're going to be talking to aren't going to be the ones who are involved in the sort of negative aspects no. of the storyline. But equally, it, it just to get that thought out there that there are things that actually maybe we can make a change to in the way in which the rest of us behave yeah. uh, can actually make a bit of a difference through your filmmaking. Well, I think art is a very powerful tool, um, regardless of what format it comes in, whether it's a painting or if it's a radio. Um, audio based or if it's film based or still photography um, it can be incredibly powerful and um, hopefully we've made a film that can um, I don't know not change people's minds per se but just keep people talking long after the credits have mm-hmm. rolled that's, I think that would be the nicest thing as a filmmaker for me is you know, to know that it hasn't just been forgotten about when you walk out the door it's, mm-hmm. you know, people go on and go actually that's you know that that bit happened there, and, and so things going on here, and that would what would I do? What this character is going to do in the film? Mm-hmm. It's a kind of an idea of putting yourself into the character's position, and the character is very mild mannered when you, when you know the, the Kieran character when you first meet him, and he goes through extraordinary kind of circumstances. And would you do that as an audience member yourself? If you think about, it, would I do that if something like this tragic kind of event happened to me? Would I leave it and let? Um, the law kind of do what they're supposed to do or would I be so in kind of aged and frustrated that 
maybe I'd take it into my own hands. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think this is something as well. This story uh, it could easily jump platforms as well. I mean, you could easily see uh, maybe a, a, a computer-based interactive spin-off or something like this. And it'd be interesting to see what does happen next. I know you're still in discussions on distribution yeah. and, and where we go from here. And of course, everyone who's part of the crowdfunder will be getting discs to uh, to yeah. Yeah, mark their involvement in it and being part of it. But uh, you know, it, it is something which there could be a, a bigger picture and, and life beyond just the screen. Well, I mean, as a filmmaker, that would be incredibly flattering. Um, we, I, I purpose, I, not to give any spoilers and stuff, but the ending is purposely ambiguous. Not in a kind of like it's setting up for a sequel, nothing like that at all. It's just, again, going back to the audiences, what's happened, what's going to happen next. And you don't need to have a, a, an answer to that definitively. I mean, I've got, I've got my, my idea of what happens, but that's for me to know and mm -hmm. for everybody else to kind of interpret as if, if they so, so be it, in a sense. And again, it would be nice maybe to see a book of the film, that sort of thing, at some point. I mean, I know that's not something that's happened necessarily in the work that you've done previously, yeah. but I mean, that, that could start to come together. And it'd be you know, nice to maybe see uh, someone who, who sees this and decides they want to be involved in that way. Because with, yeah. with the score that you've got, uh, we know that you know, that's a, a full professional score specifically yeah. written for yeah. this film. And you know, hands, yeah. a, a, a soundtrack isn't... Uh, you know, on CD, not out of the question, really. No, no, no. And I know Hans is um, actively pursuing that because you know he's done a fantastic job with the score. And it's a weird process again, going back to the idea that this has been going on for three years. Is we sit in the edit using a temp score, and uh, a temp score is like we use scores from other films that we like, just mm -hmm. to kind of and it's a for, feel yeah, for what you're I mean, doing on the first, edit. It's it's for me personally. It's watching it, knowing that the scene's working because mm -hmm. music is such a valuable tool for these things. And then Hans goes away and kind of looks at it and then puts his own stamp on it and makes something completely his own, but still having the 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 themes and the the you know the, the connotations I was going for really. Yeah, so it's it's all in keeping yeah, and it's a massive team effort this is. I mean it's like everybody keeps going, Oh you're your director and stuff. It's like, yeah, but I'm just a very small cog in a machine. Like the the whole You've got to have something to direct. Yeah, but the the whole casting crew of this, I'm I'm so much in debt to them and, and so proud of them and, and, and they've really, I mean we were filming on some below sub-zero <laughs> temperatures at one point in Wolverhampton and you can see in the one thing you just see the breath you know, all the, the the icy breaths and everything and stuff so you know we and we were doing weekend 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 coming back to work for a week weekend shooting for a full weekend back again so it was you know to ask that of people is um, and then wanting to do it with you is incredibly incredibly um um, in the, yeah, just in their debt, really. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure they will be paid back when they see the final product and very much enjoy seeing it on screen. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, we will get some reactions a bit later on. But for now, Dave, thanks for having a chat with us. Thank you very much. Take care. Enjoy. Time for another tune. Now, this time, we have the Doctors of Madness. Make It Stop is the song.
That is, make it stop from Doctors of Madness. Brett Jewsby was part of the team that came up with the original idea for Sustain, and telling a story is something that he normally does with just his acting in the world we see him in, but what's more is going on behind the scenes. Let's ask Brett now. Hello, sir. Hello. How are we doing? I'm very well, thank you, yourself. All right. Now, are you also nervous about seeing this on screen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so. I hate watching myself back on screen. <laughs> <laughs> but you have seen it already, but you, for you, it's going to be watching the audience as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it was quite a while ago, so you forget certain things and how they look on screen. So I'm still excited to see it, but yeah, nervous. And I'm hoping that everybody will enjoy it. What for you was the, the key and trigger to actually coming up with the story behind all of this? Well, it started in 2016, I want to say, well, 2000, end 2015, 2016, where uh, I was just finishing up on House of Screaming Death, which was another production that I, I worked on with Dave. And um, we were going to get together, write some scenes out, just so I could come up with some sort of showreel mm-hmm. footage to, to put together. And I ended up, I was going on holiday for four, a four-day break with my other half and uh, her son, and came up with a concept for a film. It just, it, I just. You were supposed my, to be enjoying the holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within my first day there, I just, <laughs> the, the, I don't know. The, the mind was, relaxed and you were triggered into writing. Yeah, crea- yeah. I just had a bit of a creative flow where I just, you just look around, and you think what's relevant, and mm. you know, you have things that are rife, and it still is, but like the whole race, racism, and and things like that in society, where you just, it, and and you tend to think of the worst sort of case scenarios that come out of things like mm-hmm. racism and, and families being torn apart. And it was like, well, how do we write something on that genre, that about something so socially, um, you know, that's something that's happening quite often. Yeah. Well, and, and, and divisive as well. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, it literally can tear communities apart, yeah. um, even though a big chunk of those communities really are, are, are friends and get together. So, you know, it, 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 it can't be that the, it doesn't really see the truth behind a situation when something like this happens. Yeah, it, it's, it was just how do we write something using that as a stimulus and how do we make it different to anything that's been seen before? So we looked at people like Shane Meadows, uh, Dead Man's Shoes, things like that, where uh, you just... Or The Street as well, um, and... Use things like that as a bit of a reference point, and, and well, almost as what not to say, as opposed to what to say. Yeah, yeah, and as you say, it's divisive, so you have to be very careful how you write things out. But we want it to be heavy hitting, so kind of in your face, but with a with a nice sort of element of a nice art of how it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, tell the story. And it has to look right on screen as well, and I think that's something, again, the team would like to be proud of. I've seen a few clips, I've seen the trials, yeah. and everything looks very atmospheric. Yeah, yeah that's Dave's uh, sort of forte. He's very, <laughs> he's very good at building the tension, and, and which, you know, people will see tonight. It, it's just phenomenal how he can capture moments like that and, and play on it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I say, there's a feel of, like, the Shane Meadows, how, you know, we, we weren't blessed with a massive budget, but we've made something look like it had a big budget thrown behind it mm-hmm. um, with with the quality of the film. So it's it's stunning, actually, the visuals, some of the visuals. We've, we've just been blessed, really, with a good team behind us. And, and where do you think we go next for your character? Obviously, no spoilers in there, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is always interesting to, to try maybe tell another story with people you've already got to know. Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe off into the sunset to find some peace within himself because he has his own inner conflicts 
um, and you know with tragedy struck on the family hopefully you know mend a few bridges and, and find that inner peace within himself and maybe kickstart his life mm-hmm. into a into a fresh start kind of thing so but somebody you can can believe in the audience are going to believe in and uh, yeah, yeah that that is really what it's about it's about telling a tale which you would hope wouldn't be for real, but could easily believed in the, in this day and age. Oh yeah, this ha- this happens. You know, mm-hmm. families do get torn apart by you know racial attacks and things like that. And and it's just how does a family learn to sort of overcome such a circumstance? I mean, they'll never fully heal, but there's there's always that. How do we mend what is now broken? And how do you go on day to day? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sustain, it is going to be out there soon. Yeah. We're not too far away from finally yeah, seeing how it is going to make its way to the, the wider audience. But uh, that is, again, something which, again, you must be really excited about to, to see what does happen next. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, we're, we're sort of... There's a, there's a few things, few ideas with what we're going to do with it. But, uh, you know, I'm in talks, having a few meetings with uh, a few conversations with a few people about showcasing the film somewhere so um you know just head over to our page on facebook our instagram our, our twitter pages sustain movie and then like and follow the follow the feed and and any sort of upcoming news we we can bring to the people and like i say you know hopefully within the next few weeks month or so we'll have some exciting news about where we can go next mm-hmm. but well, I think other than that it would probably be film circuits and, mm-hmm. and hopefully festivals and yeah well whether it is on the big screen you see it yeah. or in a big screen at home it's going to be a treat for everybody It'll involved be out there, yeah. yeah well looking forward to seeing it myself and uh, good luck with everything else that comes from this thank you very much Jason cheers and that's a lot for this week thank you so much for joining us back with episode 555 next week I'll see you then to half an hour goodbye from the mill bar goodbye from the mill bar Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.